spoke last time that just like Hashem gave the Yesen Arat the capability and the permission to enter our minds and confuse us the same way Hashem gave us the weapons to be able to fight the Yetzirah's confusion. Spoke about that on Thursday. He says, however, Aval, im timsor et hanhagatecha leado. The fourth line. But if you hand over your leadership to him, Timashech al Korhaf Ahare Retsono, you will automatically be pulled after. His wishes. Vehu lo yarpe mimecha. And he will not let go of you. Meaning, what's his goal? When does he let go? He only lets go. Until he destroys you. Misheneha olamot. From both worlds, like we had mentioned once before, the Yetzirah is not only interested in destroying a person's olam haba, not only about destroying eternity, he's also interested in destroying the person in this world. And he will uproot you completely. The question that we should focus for a few minutes is what kind of person gives over their leadership to this Yetzirah? That's what he's saying. He says, Hashem gave you the ability to fight the Yetzirah. But if you hand over your leadership to him, then you have no shot. Which means that so long as you're fighting, so long as you're using your weapons, you will be successful. But when you hand over the leadership of your life, to the Yetzirah, at that point, he has you tight in his grip and he's not letting you go until complete destruction, as much as he can possibly destroy you. The question is, in reality, who is this person? Which person woke up one morning and decided to give the leadership of his life to the Yetzirah? Well, what, what does that mean in real life? We understand the words, but what does that mean in reality? 
Nobody that we know made that decision to tell the Yeserat, you take the lead. Who does, who does that? Nobody does that. So who is he talking about? So let me tell you about a meeting I had with somebody a few years ago. It's not a meeting that happened once, it happened many times. So it was one memorable meeting I had a few years ago. About a uh, young man, 30s, in his 30s, married, I would call him successful. I think the world would probably call him successful financially, probably from the, uh, you know, 1% of humanity's uh, highest, uh, you know, uh, it, it, in, in earners. I would say he is... I would say he's a type of person that when you look at him, you would imagine that people are jealous of that person. Externally, looks like everything is great. And we had a conversation, and the gist of the conversation was that his life is up and down. He felt like he was bipolar. There were some days, there were some days where he felt life is awesome and there were some days where he just felt so down, he didn't feel good. And the days he didn't feel good were more than the days that he felt good. His marriage suffered during those times because he wasn't in the right head. You know, when a person, it says, you can't judge a person in a time when he is in pain. It doesn't mean that when you're in pain, you have the right to hurt people. That's what it means. People misunderstand it. That people say, you know, Rabbi, I was in pain, so that's why I said that. That's really not an excuse. Not an excuse. We, the listeners, when we hear somebody in pain and they say the wrong things, we're supposed to cut them slack. But it's not meant to be a license. Just because you're in pain, it doesn't mean that you lost control of yourself. And now you could say whatever you want. But the Gemara does say that a person in pain, you have to cut him some slack. It doesn't really mean what he's saying. So you have this fellow suffering, suffering in many ways, not all the time, but many times. And uh, he came to me. And he came to me, you have to understand, if he came to me, he already went through uh, therapists and uh, all different roads that people take. So I was the last stop. Not sure how that happens. Right, you're supposed to go to the rabbi first. But okay, how was the last stop? So we spoke. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I asked him, why, when does he feel that? 
what makes him feel this way, what are the triggers. I don't want to go through all those details because that really important for this discussion. So after maybe a half hour of talking to him, I said, I have, I have, I have good news for you and I have bad news for you. I said the good news is there's nothing wrong with you. I said there's nothing wrong with you. You're a healthy human being because he came in thinking that he was a sick person. I said the good news is you're not sick. You're a healthy, normal person. Because that's the good news. So what's the bad news? I said the bad news is that you have chosen a direction in life, maybe consciously, probably subconsciously. I said, in your mind, success in life, your goal in life, I, I didn't guess this, I got the conversation, but it's not like different than many other people. I said, your goal in life, you have two goals in life, and they're Connected. Your main goals in life is to make as much money as possible and to get as much recognition as possible. Those are your goals in life. That's what you probably assumed, especially in his upbringing when you brought up around money and wealth. So you don't even think twice about it. It's not like you decided. You assume that life's ultimate success is a lot of money, a lot of kavod, a lot of honor and recognition from your friends, from your peers, from when it expands. That's your mission in life and you have to know that on the mission that you're on that's exactly what happens I said you took an airplane the flight is going to money and honor that's what your destination that's the flight you took and the flight that you're on, that's the turbulence that it brings. So there's nothing wrong with you. When you're on a road and your goal in life is that people should notice how awesome you are because of your success. So you're going to go through many, many of life's pains. Because one morning you're going to wake up and realize you're not the wealthiest guy. Even though you're wealthier, I told the guy, you're from the 1% and you still don't have it. What makes you think that if you went up to the top half percent, that you're going to have it? I said, this airplane, this flight that you're on will never let you go in feeling satisfied because one morning you'll wake up and you'll feel awesome you'll say look how everybody around me thinks I'm somebody and only that night you realize 
that there are others who don't care at all about you. And it's the system, the up and down system of the road that you're on. So I told them the good news is that you're normal. Nothing wrong with you. I said the bad news is that's the flight that you chose. You're on the plane. I said don't complain if you chose the flight of turbulence that is turbulent. That's where you are. I think it was eye-opening to that person. He told me that I was right. But he doesn't remember actually choosing this flight. I said, you're right. You probably didn't choose it. You just assumed it. You assumed. So much so he assumed this. That during the conversation, and I didn't let him talk, but he kept trying to ask, what, so what else? Follow? So, what do you mean? So you're not supposed to make money? So what So what else do you live for? Those are the questions he kept asking me. So that means it's so obvious to him that this is the only flight that he can't even imagine there's a different destination. So he didn't have to choose the flight. You know why? Because he thought it's the only flight. So of course he didn't choose it. It was so pashut. It was so obvious. How did it become so obvious? Maybe his home. Maybe his community. Maybe the magazines he was reading. Maybe shows he was watching. I don't know what made it obvious. Not so hard to imagine what made it obvious. But it was Pashut Ubarur. Simple and clear to this young fellow. Not young, he's in his 30s. He's married with children. Successful. It was obvious to him that there was no other road in life. That's an example of someone who hands over leadership of his life to the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah will convince a person that life success is money and honor. And even those listening right now here and anywhere will say, yeah, I know those people. No, no, it's not those people. Okay, so you. That guy is not, he didn't grow up in some foreign planet that we're not aware of. He grew up very close to our home. And unfortunately, it's become the default setting, at least in our circles, maybe many more circles. It's the default setting of success in life. There's only one airplane to take. Any 16-year-old you pick up and still talk to. Ultimately, they'll say like, they'll say things like that. They'll say a charity, I need to make money to give charity. I need to make money to be able to. But that's all, that's all nonsense. The reality is, there's one thing in their mind, there's one goal in their mind, and everything else will come along with it. When you're on this road, everything suffers. 
everything suffers. Because you realize every day that you're just not good enough. It's crazy to think that. But every day you realize that you're not making it the way you want to make it. It's possible to even look at your wife that you love and chose and say, well, you know what? She's not bringing me enough honor because she's not something else. She's not a model. So when people see me with my wife, they it's not my kabod, you know, it's not my honor to be with such a woman. She's a great woman, but my kabod is suffering. And so much more that a person goes through on this airplane. A person needs to know, as obvious as this is to everybody here, unfortunately I tell you this story not because it's because of a person that I met with, it's everybody's story, almost, not everybody, but it's almost everybody's story. There are plenty of people in this community that you know that do not, did not check on that airplane. It doesn't mean those people don't value money. It doesn't mean they don't value being respected. It doesn't mean that. But that's not where their flight is going. It's a very big difference. When your flight is headed towards money and honor, or when money and honor are a part of your life. You have to know that for most people today, at least those around us, they're on that flight. And when you're on that flight, it's going to be a very hard life. And you never make it. That's exactly what the Havod Lebavod says. You gave your Han Hagat without even realizing. You gave your leadership to the Yetzir Haran. You tell him, listen, you're my travel agent. I need to go on a trip. Do me a favor, you book it for me. I fully trust you. And he booked you on that flight. And your whole life, that's all that matters to you. Yes, you have other things that matter, but they're far behind. Your marriage matters, but it's behind. Your friendships matter, behind. Your, your, your Torah matters, but they're not they're not the way you're going. You have to know that. And the Havad says, be careful. I told this young man, I said, be careful. I said, you're only seeing a little bit today. You're still 30. You're still 32, whatever it is. I said, you've seen nothing yet. There's more to come on this road. And I told him, and do not ask me, do not ask me. But if you say so many other people on this road, how come I'm the only one suffering? I said, that's a very, very bad question. I said, I want to ask you, we'll call him Joe. I want to ask you, Joe. I said, besides me and you in this room, when people see you walk the street, what do they see? How many people are jealous of you? How many people look at you and say, Oh my goodness, this guy, what a life. He's got everything. 
He has more money than me. He has more houses than me. He has better cars than me. And you're from the top. How many people look at you and say, you're the top? I said, does anybody know what's going on in your life right now? He says, no. I said, the same way no one knows what goes on in your life. I said, you have no idea what's going on in anybody's life. So you walk around and you say, oh, there's that guy. He's the second wealthiest guy in the world. Oh, what a life. Look at that yacht he has up. If I only had that yacht, I could have been something. One day, that guy must be so happy. I said, that guy, he has so much of what you have, just times a hundred. I said, because the road that you're on, it's an amazing road. The more that you get closer to the destination, the further you get from your happiness. Unbelievable road. It's exactly what the Havot Lilawot says. In Tim Sor, if you give him leadership, if you give him to book you the airline, he says you will continue going after him and he won't let you go until he destroys you. That means the, the airplane ride that you're on, the more money you make and the more honor you have, you become more distant from your happiness. It's an amazing thing. I said, I know what you think, that when you make that money, this mind is already a, who knows how many millions he has. But in your mind, when you make that money, and when you get that kavod, you, you made it. No, no. You're going to realize at that point, when you make more, that you're missing so much more because what happens is you become more intoxicated. You become more drunk in this area of life, and there isn't enough to fill you. People who have more and more do not become more satisfied. In this area of life, the more you get, it's like exactly no different than drinking salt water. You drink salt water when you're very thirsty. As the water goes down your mouth, you're feeling satisfied. Only to realize that after you drink, you become much more hungry. The road that you're on just makes you, the more it gives you, the hungrier it makes you. The more it gives you, the hungrier it makes you. So as you make more, as you get more, as you become more popular, as you become more noticed, you actually start wanting more. So today, you only want 10 people to notice you. But when you get to the 10 people that notice you, by then, you'll want 100 people to notice you. So you'll be missing 90. And when you get to the 100, by then you'll need 1,000 people to notice you. So you're down 900. And that's the road that you're on. A person must be aware of what road they've chosen in life. Or a road that they've assumed is the road. That's called giving your life leadership to the Yetzirah. If a person finds himself on that road, I told that young man, I said, nothing's wrong with you. You're living the choice that you made. 
I said you only have one choice to make if you want things to change. You need to get on a different flight. You got to get off the flight and you got to get on a different flight. If you don't rebook your flight, I said nothing is going to change. It's only going to get worse, not better. This is a reality that so many, many, so many people on this flight are experiencing all the time. Person has to make that choice. Bottom line, my dear friends, at the very least, at the very least, make the choice. At the very least, say to yourself, I want to choose that flight. Okay. You want to choose that flight? Choose it with your eyes open. Say, I want to reach my goal in life is money and honor. Keep your eyes open. Know what's there. And choose it and go. At least you will be respected in life for choosing the road that you're on. But don't make, a, don't make a silly choice like that. Smart choice. Get on a different road. A road that will take you to sincerity in your happiness and sincerity in your actions. And you will live a real life. A real life of satisfaction. A real life of simha. A world that's here and for eternity. This is a choice that every person has to make. I don't know what choices you've made, but this is one of the big choices. This is what the Habibullah is saying. That he's not just affecting you daily. So there's a yetzerah that comes to you daily. It says, you know, this is something much bigger. This is a yetzerah who has given you to be following him. He sits in the front. And you go. Where is that? It's exactly what I spoke of Israel. I think, really, it's worthwhile for every person to take a few minutes in his life, sit down for 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Today, the ability to think is not very long. About five seconds. Maybe 10. I recommend to every person to sit down by himself in a closed room, shut off all the phones, take a piece of paper with a pen, not on your phone, take a piece of paper and a pen, and to write a letter to yourself, Dear Abraham, Dear Shaul, just start writing. Start writing. And in those words, you will see what are the things that you're chasing? And you may actually realize on paper where things are headed. And you'll realize a lot more about yourself. And when you make that realization, you may just realize, hey, there's a different road that a person needs to get on in order to accomplish in his lifetime. I'll just finish off by telling you the Pasuk tells us, Ahayim vehamavet natati lefanecha. Hashem says there are in this world two flights. 
there's a flight of life. Doesn't mean just breathing. Life means the full excitement and the full happiness of life. And the other flight is Mabet. Mabet is death. There are not two or three or four flights. There are two flights. There's Hayim flight and there's a Mabet flight. You have to know that. And then Hashem says, Hashem says, I recommend to you, choose life. Which obviously doesn't make sense. If the flight says, this flight's going to an awesome life. And the other flight says, this is going to Gehinam life. You have to tell me, you're insulting my intelligence by telling me which flight to choose. It's insulting my intelligence. You think I would choose the Mavet flight over the Hayim flight? What does the Creator have to say? And I recommend to you, choose the right flight. Choose the Hayim flight. Don't choose the Mavet flight. Did you think I was so ignorant? That you have to tell, who, who is the Torah talking to? People who have no setup, no brain. But the answer is, but the answer is like this. The Yetzirah wasn't good. The Yetzirah has the ability to change the signs where the flight is. You know those signs? Tell you where the flight's going? The Yetzirah has the button to flip the sign. The Hayim sign, it puts getting out. And the Gehinam sign, he puts Hayim. You have to know that. That's why Hashem has to tell you. Choose Hayim. Be careful. Look under the sign. He's able to change the sign on you. How does he do that? Look what he says. He says here, he says, imagine that a person is sitting by an intersection and he has two roads to take. Road number one is full of thorns. But if you just pass the thorns, you'll see the most awesome, lush, beautiful land. The other one, the other road, in the beginning, gorgeous. The grass, stunning. A hundred feet later, the place is getting out. This is the power of the Yetzirah. He makes you see the beginning it, the beginning misrepresents where the flight's going. By the Gehinam flight, it shows you the most beautiful pictures. By the Gadheden flight, it shows you the most difficult beginning. This is his tool. His tool is to misrepresent the flight that you're on.
take it as a rule for life. When you see things are easy in the beginning, usually means that the ending is very, very not good. When you see things in the beginning are not so easy, it's going to require a little sacrifice, then know you're probably hitting on something very good. Because the Yetzirah will never fail his mission. The good things, the good flights, he will always put in the beginning some thorns that you have to be careful around to get to the place. And the terrible places, a guy who's 17 years old, 18 years old, 15 years old, he sees someone smoking. In his mind, he's looking at Gan Eden. He looks at these guys sitting around smoking. He says, wow. Hot. Look at that. He sees a guy walking, same age. He's walking with a Gemara to Shul. One guy is walking with a Gemara. It's a Hazik case. Another guy, he's making puffs with the, all, all the circles. But he's making this smoke. You have two pictures. You have Gan Eden. A guy in high already in Gan Eden. Yeah, the other guy is a Hazike, he's another dope. He's holding his Gemara, he's going to show him. He makes that look like thorns, and he makes that look like an Eden. But you have to know, this is one of the great tricks of the Yetzirah, is that he in the his power is the beginning. His power is to misrepresent the beginning. If you get past the beginning, you'll be able to see what's after. But if you fall for the beginning, then you're going to sign up for his flight. And then you're on a road to no good. So be careful. Take it as a rule. When things need sacrifice, they're usually good. And when things are exciting... And they don't need sacrifice. They're usually a ticket to gain them. This is his power to lead the person. That's why Hashem has to tell you. There's Hayim. There's the Hayim flight. There's the awesome life flight. And there's the Mavet flight. The destruction flight. Hashem said, look into it. Look good. Uncover the beginning Uncover the sign. Look behind the sign. He's able to put up his sign in front of the real sign. Go under his sign and see what's behind it. Baharta bahayim. And choose what's really hayim. Don't get confused with the Yetzirah's sign. Ta'azat Hashem, Se'atat Israel, we will find leadership into real greatness in our lives.